Hello, everyone. Welcome back or welcome to the second episode of the Della Darling podcast. We're so excited to share with you guys what we've been up to, what we have coming up, some news updates, and also our musings on what Delaware needs. This is where we promised you that we would be giving uh, tasting notes of whatever wine we are enjoying this episode, but sadly, once again, we just, even though the weather has been great, we have not been roséing or any kind of... We have not been roséing all day. We've been working. We're actually recording this a little bit early because I'm away this weekend, so this is coming to you on Sunday, but we recorded Wednesday night. So we have to work tomorrow. So, you know, we just, we can't rosé all day and night. But you do have a piece of cheesecake. I am eating my leftover cheesecake from last night's dinner. We had a late dinner. We went out at 8.30 because we had other stuff to do. What was really cool about last night's dinner is that we were taking advantage of Wilmington's City Restaurant Week. I, and this is my first City Restaurant Week, but I, I have done like other sorts of restaurant weeks. And the thing that I really love about restaurant weeks is that you get multiple courses. And for me, that's such an indulgence because I'm very much the person who like will go and order the salad and drink water. And I, I know that's kind of boring, but this is just, it's an exciting moment to just indulge yourself without feeling too bad about it when it comes to your wallet. And you get to eat dessert at the end. Agreed. I love that you can get dessert and an appetizer and your entree for $35. It's an awesome deal. The other thing I love about it is that because it's sort of the set menu, you don't have the entire menu to choose from. You still can get the regular menu, but for me, I often pick something that I wouldn't normally if it was on the regular menu because it's the most, it's the thing that looks most interesting to me of those three options. So I actually really like that because I am not a picky eater, but it does get me out of my comfort zone. Yeah, and we, so we were at Tonic last night, and they're very accommodating in terms of, like, we had some questions that we needed to ask about, like, what was on the menu, substitutions, food allergies. You, you actually, you ordered one of the specialty desserts, and then they were out of it, so they let you choose one of the regular desserts. Yeah, really nice. yeah, they let me pick from the regular menu. So I had the peanut butter cheesecake, which was really good. I'm actually still snacking on it a little bit now. I was so full from my dinner, I took most of it home. And, and that dessert actually comes with a salted caramel popcorn on top. But I have to be honest, I'm not into salted caramel. It's not my thing. And I really just could not get on board with that being on top. And so she said she could talk to the chef and it turns out they put that on after the fact. So they just left it out of mind, which meant that the dessert was perfect. And then I guess we should talk about what else we ate. We should talk about what else we ate. So I guess I'll start. I had a hush puppy dish for my appetizer and the flavors were so good. I will tell you, I did live in Mississippi until I was five. I've spent a good amount of time down in the South. And I I really, I really like my fried dough, you guys. It is, it is delicious. That being said, though, I do want to just point out that we did go late, as we said. We were there at about 8.30. And Mondays and Tuesdays are notoriously difficult nights for restaurants just with getting number of patrons and especially later in the evening so I I did have an issue with my hush puppies I think they just weren't deep fried either long enough or the fryer wasn't hot enough 
And I think that they probably had turned the fryer off and had to turn it back on for me because we were just there so late. So they were totally, they were still really good. Don't worry, I ate them. But I think they probably could have been in a hotter fryer and it would have just brought the brought that dish from like a seven to a 10. Mm-hmm. But would you have ever like gone out to dinner and ordered hush puppies? In Delaware, no. Yeah, so we got to try something new. I tried something new, it was super delicious. Yeah, I, and I really enjoyed it. It was really great. Mm-hmm. What did you have for your your appetizer? Uh, well, going into it, I was because we looked all the menus are online, which is really great. Um, so you can see the options beforehand. And being someone who's food allergies, I kind of was like, okay, I think that there is something each course that I can eat. And I was pleasantly surprised that there were there was one thing for the first course that I could eat, a couple things for second and third course. So I started with the spinach and cranberry salad, which had bacon, which was delicious. There was this thing in the New York Times recently about how bacon doesn't need to be on everything. It doesn't. It doesn't. But when it's done well, it's very good. I enjoyed the bacon. I was expecting like craisins, like dried cranberries, but instead there were whole cranberries, which were a little tart. I, I did avoid Yeah, that. yeah. Cranberries are tough. I feel like they're a great garnish, and they're great when you cook them down and throw some sugar in. But you're right. I think they can be a little bit tart. Yeah, so, but that, then I was very glad for the bacon and almond. That was, those were some good flavors as I um, pushed my, my cranberries. I, I had a few, and then I, I didn't eat them all. Totally understandable. After we wrapped up our first course, we went for course number two of three. And Dara actually ordered my number one choice, which was good because I I ended up having something else, which I think was probably a little bit more interesting of a dish. Mm -hmm. And you can't eat that one. So so that was kind of a good way to sort of like divide and conquer. I, I actually like I love it when people order things that I can't eat because like I need to live vicariously through them. I totally get that. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I also, I enjoy sharing. Like, I don't, I don't mind if you want to give me a bite of something. But, like, if it's something that I'm interested in, because yours, it was, like, a little, it was almost like a, a meat pie. Yeah, so, so it was really interesting. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's so interesting to me whenever your server has to, they sort of stop and explain your meal to you. Mm-hmm. So, I, the, the item was tenderloin and goat cheese on crew. And the way it's described makes you think it's going to be maybe tenderloin tips, or I was more thinking just like a few maybe like slices that have been marinated over a bed of mashed potatoes, and then there was maybe like a little puff pastry to it. I didn't, I didn't really anticipate what it was, which ended up actually being like a little meat pie. Your mashed potatoes looked so good. The mashed potatoes were... I don't know if on fleek is a thing still because we are a little bit outdated, but they were on fleek. I have never understood how to use on fleek. It's like saying on point. I, but I, I still don't get it. Even, even like when people describe these, like, I don't get it. Okay. Well, they were delicious. They were buttery. They were garlicky. My opinion on garlic in any recipe is you double it and add two cloves. And I feel great about that. The smellier, the better. And the, the mashed potatoes, they were, they were so good. I think that there are mashed potatoes that are light and fluffy, and those are good. But then there are mashed potatoes that are thick and indulgent. Mm-hmm. And that was what I had last night. Yes. 
It was so good. I loved it. There was asparagus, which I really don't like, but I ate it and it was delicious. So mine was really great. And then you had fish. So we sort of went for like the surf and turf. Oh yeah, we did. I, yeah, I had the mahi mahi and it was, it was like blackened with spices. So like there was a little heat to it. Then like in contrast to that, um, there was, there were like two different types of salsa. There was red salsa and a green salsa, um, and some rice. So it was, a it pretty was, feeling meal. It yeah. was filling, but I imagine it was like maybe a little lighter than your delicious mashed potato. And then we've already talked about our dessert. We started with dessert. We did talk about dessert. Well, I think we talked about my dessert. Oh, I had, well, I had the flourless chocolate cake, which some, sometimes when people order chocolate, flourless chocolate cake, they're like, oh, this is just like straight chocolate. This isn't, but like, I love that. I like, I love how, because there, there's you, a, you like that it's fudgier rather than cakey. There's a there's a range of flourless chocolate cake. I will take it all. Mm-hmm. Um, I but like the the fudgy. I really enjoyed the fudginess of it. I think I'm the opposite. I I um I definitely prefer like a cakier mm-hmm. cake. But I will also say cake is really just there to hold the icing. Mm. And so there's not always a lot of icing. There there's sometimes there's a good ganache on oh, yeah. a chocolate tort. So I would say. And then I like the ganache, but it's not the same as a good buttercream. It, it's just a different experience. And then all this talk of food is actually a really great segue um, into another Delaware topic. This week, I am an hour or two away from finishing um, Sunburn, the new Laura Lippman novel. I've been listening to it when I've been at the gym, and I'm going to go to the gym today. Oh, you're doing the audiobook. Doing the audiobook. Okay, okay. Um, Emily's got me doing all these different types of running events so I'm trying to become a runner and I've actually I've gotten into the habit of doing it I'm starting to enjoy it but I still need the music or the audiobook to keep me going so Sunburn has been my book of choice for a while now Laura Lippman if you're not familiar with her she is a Baltimore-based author she's spent like over a dozen years working in newspapers and now has become this very successful career she's incredibly prolific i like swear i just read another new book from her she does a lot of mysteries they're often set in like the baltimore maryland area so if you're someone who like likes to read about kind of like place you know get the the name drops in there of places you might be familiar with that's a lot of fun and i think this is the first book of hers that's set in delaware it's set in the fictional i believe it is the fictional town of belleville delaware it's I have not been able to find it, but it's like, it's pitched as this town that's just outside the beaches. Small town enough that you're not going to be going there for a cute full day out and just close enough to the beaches that you don't need to stop there. It's more, it's a bit of a noir. Um, there's a mysterious woman with a mysterious past and a private eye. It's set in the 90s, which is kind of refreshing. And the P.I., is he gets a job as a chef for the summer and there's in interspersed with this mystery sexy noir thriller are these descriptions of the food that he's making in this diner and like it opens with this excellent description of grilled cheese with crunched up bacon we're talking about bacon a lot today we are Um, (laughs) and food actually there and then there's like this mention of risotto so like i love a good mystery book but i think that there are a lot of flavors here of flavors of like if you like if you so like funny 
if you like a good novel, if you like a mystery, I, if you like Delaware, like there, there, it mentions there's um, something for everyone. It mentions Winter. It mentions the beaches, of course. I did have an issue with the audiobook. This just happened when I was listening to it yesterday. I don't know what quality control is involved in this process, but there's this excellent scene. One of Laura Lippman is a really great writer where she can create these kind of side scenes where she builds this character really just for the purpose of like one chapter, but it's still like it still advances the plot and it's a fun little trip that you take. The one character ends up in a video store trying to rent a video that his girlfriend mentioned. And like they start talking about being in the land of the blue hen. And you get to the point where they reveal that the characters are in Newark, except the audio presenter, who has done a great job so far. <gasps> he mispronounces. She called it Newark. <gasps> Newark is in New Jersey. Newark is in Delaware. Otherwise, I'm really enjoying it. And I will be going to the gym later this week, so... I will be finishing it soon, and I recommend it, no matter That's how awesome. you are. That's awesome, and we will definitely post a link to the book, but, but we are library patrons, and we would recommend you check out the audiobook, Kindle version, or just the hard, hard copy from your local library. And one of the things that, it's, so it's set like around beach season, and so it's kind of going to be amped up for weather being warmer, you know, summer in Delaware. After this, I'm planning on reading or listening to um, Marisa de los Santos' new book, which I think is also set in the Delaware Beaches, I'll Be Your Blue Sky. So that's on my list. So if any of our listeners have any suggestions of their favorite books set in Delaware or by Delaware authors about Delaware, hit us up and we will definitely add them to the reading list. So Dara, you gave us a lot of what you've been up to. We went to dinner, you've been reading. Um, I have just had, it has been a mismatched week. You know, my job is cool because I have a lot of local clients and I get really, I get the opportunity to delve really deep into different things in Delaware from a construction and engineering perspective. And this week was totally true. Um, I actually got to go down to the construction site at 301 and walk the site and take some photos and learn a little bit about the construction process and how that's been going. And I, I have to be honest, like we really need this to happen. I mean, 301 cutting through Middletown has been, you know, it's just been getting bigger and bigger and we really need the bypass around the town. So that's going to be awesome. And it was really cool getting to go on the project site and wear my hard hat. But I also had a site visit in Sussex County and I stopped for ice cream at Hopkins Farm Creamery, which I'd never been to. And it was so delicious. It was very scenic. I mean, it's a totally just a farm in the middle of nowhere, Sussex County. And you can pet the cows, the whole thing. But they actually have... I mean, dozens of ice cream flavors. And the thing that's really cool is they have all of their ice creams that are gluten-free are labeled, which of course, you know, for a lot of them that they are, but it's really nice that they have that labeled for you. So, and I, I actually now have heard of other people who are doing the gluten-free thing and they really appreciate like just being sure that mm-hmm. it's sort of like certified what by the cream. Cream. I had chocolate chip cookie dough. And it was creamy. It was good. There were the perfect amount of cookie dough chunks, which if you're going to get cookie dough, you're in it for the cookie dough, not the vanilla ice cream. And so there was enough cookie dough to justify the ice cream naming. So I was, I was happy with that. Um, so I ate a lot this week, obviously. 
And then one other thing I did, Friday night, I went down to Hanover Presbyterian Church in Wilmington and attended a flute concert. So it was a flute quartet. And it was so cool. It was these four women who are, um, nobody was from Delaware. The event was actually put on by the Cathedral Choir School. So they do a pro series where every month they have professionals. So that may be people who work for the choir school or involved in mentoring the kids. Or in some cases, you know, it's a friend of a friend or someone they met when they were um, at various conventions, that kind of thing. They come and perform. And this flute concert, it was so awesome. What I really liked is that they didn't just sort of go for that sort of standard like classical. They, I think, played about six or seven pieces and everything was very different. They had some that were written in, I mean, the 80s and they had stuff that was written in the 1800s. So it was very um, big contrast there, but they also did a Native American inspired piece. And so that was so cool. And they were, I mean, they were like banging on the flutes and doing, doing some different stuff. So it was a really cool event. Um, And then we, of course, went out to eat afterward (laughs) because what else would we do? But I just want to point it out because we went over to Old Banks Craft Bistro in Trolley and it is amazing fried chicken. They do a great job. And so we went there solely to get the fried chicken and it was so delicious. So if you're looking for good fried chicken after an event, head on over to Old Banks. It is delicious. It's Old Banks? Old Banks. I thought, was it, this is, where is this? It's in Trolley. It's on the strip where Añejo and the Oyster House is. It's sort of in the middle of that whole section. Yeah. And um, I believe it's also owned, um, it's the same owner who has um, scratches. Like, I think they're a partner. But this has nothing to do with the banks at the the rebranding. Banks? No, it has nothing to do with Banks Seafood okay. on the riverfront. So I was a little confused why we were talking about... I mean, I understand why we're talking about fried chicken, but it's delicious. But at a seafood restaurant, <laughs> right? So Harry Seafood is rebranding because the new owner-manager, is his last name is Banks. So it's Banks Possessive Seafood. Um, Old Banks okay. Craft Bistro used to be two Banks. I believe right next to each other. It was at least one, but now a place where you keep money. A place where you keep money, exactly. I get it now. And so that's where that name came from. Okay, I was a little embarrassed asking, but if you're confused, now you know. Now you know. Okay, Dara, we have talked so much about food tonight, and I love it. I'm not only a Delaware enthusiast, I am a food enthusiast but I think there are other things and if I eat too much food some of these other things maybe won't apply to me I think we still might bring up food one or two more times though it's probably gonna happen it's hard it's hard we just love it so much but what I want to talk about now is if I eat too much food I won't fit in any of the clothes at the two new women's boutiques that are opening so there's one in trolley square that has already opened Trudy And then there's one in Greenville that's going to be opening called Blythe. And I'm super excited about both. From what I hear, they're both going to have really cute women's wear. And I just love that boutique feel when you're shopping where it's you're getting something unique um, and you're not in that shopping mall environment, which can be great. But I I do like that smaller store experience, too. I am. I'm trying to to rebrand to get some refresh my closet and it has been incredibly overwhelming like thinking about where to go 
I was in the mall recently because my computer was broken, not because I was shopping. And I thought about doing some shopping and I couldn't take it. I understand. Well, and you know, I have this engagement party coming up in Boston that mm-hmm. I'm going to need a dress for. And I think I may have to hit up these stores and then no for some options. You'll be wearing something unique. I'm pretty excited about that. I think these are going to be great stores. And of course, once we check them out, we'll let you guys know what we think. On top of the awesome things people are doing in Delaware, we have Delawareans in the wild who are doing awesome things too. So a lot of people have probably heard about this already, and we know, we said last time, we love supporting Delawareans doing cool stuff elsewhere. So we just wanted to take note that one of Beyonce's backup dancers at Coachella is actually a guy who went to Middletown High School. I would never be able to do that myself. Me either, but I am jealous. Think about the hours he got to spend with Beyonce. I just, I think, like, being able to move like that is amazing. I don't have skills like that. (laughs) Yeah. So, I I don't know. There's something about, like, you may be able to to see him in in the performance. You may not be able to... I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it has to do with camera angles and all that. Um, I actually have been super busy with work and everything like that, and I have not watched the performance yet, but I heard it is just so good. Yeah. You watched it? No, but I also heard it was really good, and I need to watch it. You guys, it is it is hard to fit it all in, but we're excited, and now we're, we're looking at it with a different eye because we know about our Middletown guy who is this backup dancer for Beyonce. So I think it's exciting because we'll be looking at it with a different lens. Back to crazy Delaware news, the day that Mark Zuckerberg was questioned um, by the Senate Mm -hmm. about Facebook and all all of that stuff, Chris Coon's Facebook was hacked. (laughs) And it's just, it's just one of those like totally ironic and funny things. But um, what's re- there are two things that were really interesting about it. One, um, basically, whoever it was, they took these pictures of Chris Coons, and they had all of these Russian people that this Facebook was, account was friends with, and then they were friending all of his personal friends from his real Facebook. You can't make this shit up. No, you really can't. But I have to tell you, the thing that I read that was most surprising to me, because I did not know it, was that Chris Coons went to law school in Hawaii. I did not know that. I didn't either. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, how could you possibly be in Hawaii and be in the library studying all the time? Was he? I mean, he seems to have done pretty well for himself when it comes to the law and government. This is true, but this might be a topic that we have to do some more research on. We definitely have to delve a little deeper. In addition to our Delawarean being a backup dancer for Beyonce. We also have, of course, Kelsey Johnson is still on The Voice. She's doing awesome. And since we don't watch The Voice, I actually chatted with my mom, who is an avid The Voice enthusiast. And she is gonna be our special correspondent who gives us an update on Kelsey's journey on The Voice. As Dara and I have said, neither one of us watches The Voice, but because Kelsey Johnson from Newark has been on this season, we do know of one fan who has been avidly watching her journey, my mom, Kim. How are you doing today, Mom? I'm fine, Em. We're so glad to have you, and I'm so excited for you to tell us about Kelsey and The Voice. Can you tell us a little bit about her journey 
thus far in the competition? Sure. So the premise of the voice that everybody is probably familiar with are the blind auditions, and that's really why the show is called The Voice. So the the stars who are selecting these people aren't looking at how they look or how they perform. It's truly just about their voice, so they can't see them. But there are a lot of other aspects to the show as people go through their journey. So Kelsey was chosen. Um, she had a three-chair turn out of four. So for those who don't watch The Voice, you've probably seen the previews. And once somebody auditions and they hear them sing, the celebrities, right, the coaches, right. when they hear a voice that they like, they turn their chairs around in a big swivel, and that's a very exciting moment for the contestants. Right. So when you get to the live playoffs, it's really exciting typically. But they've each year they try to vary the way they do the contest in some way, shape, or form. you got to keep it fresh. Right. And so this year they changed it so that all... 24 that went to the lives performed a song in the first night. Okay, so everybody performs the first night, and then there's a second night. And they vote. Nope. Oh, so first night, vote. And then what happens is the top hashtag getter this turnaround for each team is, has immunity, so to speak. Okay, so they've made it through. So what happens is each team, there are 24, so each team has six at this point. And there have been 32, so there were eight in the previous round, I think. Okay. So they move on, and the top vote-getter was saved that night, basically, for the team. Um, and so Kelsey wasn't in that group. She was of Alicia's six. She was one of the five who had to then come back and perform the next night. And do they sing a different song for this they second live performance? They a different song. So for her first live playoff, she sang I'm No Good by Amy Winehouse. Okay. Um, and she did a really nice job. And for the next, the second night, what happens, she sang um, Need You Bad by Jasmine Sullivan. And on that night, again, the hashtag, the public chooses one from each team. To be saved. So and now so now eight of the 24 have been saved. And the coach gets one, one save. choice. So at, so at the end of round two and all of the voting associated with that, we have 12 of the 24 are safe. Correct. And then are the other 12 eliminated? Yes. Okay. And they're going home, so to speak. And so uh, Kelsey performs both nights and does a phenomenal job, um, but she doesn't. She wasn't picked by Alicia, and she wasn't the top go- Top vocal. hashtagger. So that, this is this last week, that's when that happened, and so she is off the show. So she's off the show. So now we're down to the final 12. Kelsey was a near miss. We've all been very supportive. Um, you know, I know in other shows like Biggest Loser or The Challenge on MTV or Survivor sometimes, there's like an immu- or, um, a- an opportunity to make a comeback, some right. sort of redemption challenge. Has there ever been anything like that on The Voice? There has. So I don't know if that's going to happen this year with all the twists they've had. But if it does, um, I, I would say she has a 50-50 chance. I think Alicia might have had an affinity to some other singers on the team that might come back earlier. And when I say an affinity, they're, the coaches, once they get to these 12, start making decisions because they want to be known as a coach who wins. Right. And so they start making choices not just on the quality of the voice, which Kelsey definitely has and Alicia loves and appreciates her spirit. It starts to be, how do I think I can win with this person? So, you know, uh, imagine if you came from some community that has a big following you're you're the wife of an NASCAR driver you're going to get a lot of votes right there's, there's just a, a lot more following. hype surrounding you right exactly. so I think Kelsey ends up in the middle of the pack when you put all of those things together and I would love to see her come back but we'll see so Alicia may have a chance to do that 
as we move forward, what happens is a couple of things, potentially. Uh, Kelsey is obviously out in California pursuing a career. She's now had this exposure that you could not really get in any other way. And so she may be seen for recording, uh, for being a backup singer with a major band. Um, actually, one of the competitors who made it to the final 12 is a backup singer for um, a touring artist. And so that could happen. The other that's interesting, and no, I haven't seen this, is that there is actually the Voice Live show in Las Vegas. And so what they've done is taken artists who have been through the Voice process, not the winners. And they, and they, they do a live show. And so the, exactly. I guess they have a residency in Las Vegas? They have a residency in Las Vegas. Okay. So I know American Idol used to do the American Idol tour, and it was the same idea. You had, you had past contestants traveled as a tour, and everybody would do you know two or three right. songs. So that could be a great opportunity for her to just get out there and perform live. And you know all those Delawareans could be traveling to Vegas to see her. So, so for Kelsey, I think this is, it was a win being asked to come on an audition was definitely a win having a three-chair turn. It was a win going through those um, battle rounds. It was another win coming through the knockouts, and she got to perform twice on live TV. So her exposure is just phenomenal, and I expect that she'll have a great career. I hope, I hope that she'll come to Delaware, and I will certainly buy a ticket to whatever venue she goes to so that I can see her sing. Yeah, I would love to see her perform somewhere like The Queen, where you know, you're know you really getting that Delaware feel. You're at a Delaware venue that's been revitalized a number of times in the last few years and really really bringing people in, and I think she would be a great artist for a stage like that. Exactly. So Delaware shows up proud. As you know, I think when you were in high school maybe, there was an artist who made it to American Teen Idol uh, who was out of Delaware, a young man who was at Cab Calloway School of the Arts. Oh, yeah, and, and Delaware so, showed up for the voting for sure. He made, it on, he made it through a number of weeks on the show. Right. So um, Delaware has a lot of talent, might be hidden, and we'll get to it, but Kelsey has represented the state well. Well, I'm so glad to hear that. And, Mom, I'm so appreciative that you were willing to walk me through that process and what The Voice is like and Kelsey's journey. And we're so looking forward to hopefully seeing her back here in Delaware soon. Thank you. You may have realized that Emily and I are avid Delaware news consumers. Um, and an article that came out last week in um, the 55 hour section of the news journal, um, right in time for the weekend, was uh, about the 12 fun things that Delaware, with the Wilmington more specifically, needs. Uh, so, of course, we were sharing it and we were seeing what some of the comments, what people were talking about, and we were thinking, like, if this was a question that someone had asked us, then what what, what would, would we want? say? Yeah, and you know it's interesting because they actually did this the same idea back in 2015. So three years ago, they came up with I think eight different things that they wanted to see, and five of them in some capacity have been realized. So that's been really cool. But that being said, you know some of the things that have been realized we love and we totally take advantage of. We love going to Constitution Yards. We love, for me at least, getting to go to late night happy hour at Chelsea. Um, they do specials from 10 to midnight. There are now the food trucks in Trolley Square. Um, a record store just opened up off of Pennsylvania Avenue, which is really cool. But some of the things that are not realized or, are, or that we, saw, we think would be awesome that weren't on the list really got us talking and thinking about what we want to see. And also just about different perspectives and different like opinions. Like maybe there's something that 
you or other people like really think is necessary, but um, maybe it already exists and there just isn't isn't enough out there about it, or it's not accessible, or there's some kind of concern where you think like, well, that's not for me, that's for other people. Um, so just continuing the discussion about what we'd like to see and what we'd like to spread the word about. Yeah, for sure. So I want to just start off, um, we'll just sort of run through what the list of 12 things was and sort of what we think about that. So rooftop restaurant, bar with a view. I, I am cool. I am here for it. 100%. I think we have some awesome views. I know I love to sit on the upper deck at Iron Hill on the riverfront and it's so cool you get this view of the river and all that but what you don't get is that awesome view of the city skyline or the other things going on and I think I would go I'm totally here for it I think you could definitely have an awesome rooftop bar in the city um and you mentioned the record store and this is like out of the box thinking and maybe only serves a select group of people but I um when I was like sort of living in New York, um, there was a video store right by my place, and um, we would go there and rent videos and talk with the guy, and he would say, like, oh, you haven't seen this? Or, oh, I love this movie. And, you know, it was fun to just, like, have a con You cannot have a conversation with Netflix. I know it's really It's true. Easy. It's true. So I think you want to bring back video stores and, and the idea of, like, crowd sourcing or, like, getting a local perspective on a movie pick. Mm -hmm. Which is, which that's a cool idea. My concern is just that our, like it works in a place like New York because mm -hmm. this was when you were in New York City, correct? Yes. It's just larger. You have so many more people packed into a square mm -hmm. mile that you have, you have as like your target. And I just am worried in Delaware or in Wilmington, yeah. we just don't have that number of people. Well, another thing on the list was um, a better art house theater. Um, referring to the Yeah, end. and theater M is totally doing it. Yeah, and so I think also, like, that serves that area of, you know, wanting unique films or, like, I love, and they do this at the Riverfront, like, the mainstream movie theater, but, like, seeing the old movies on screen. Yeah. So much fun. Like, it is, even if you've seen a movie a million times, the first time that you see it on the big screen is a totally different experience. Oh, yeah. We, a couple years ago, we went to see Breakfast at Tiffany's, and that was just really cool. So I, I would definitely recommend, like, checking that out, checking out Theater N. Um, Theater N is actually on MoviePass, so for people who do MoviePass, that's awesome. So beyond just the accessibility for videos and movies, um, I think it would be so cool, and you mentioned this earlier, if we had some kind of more like DIY art. So paint and sip has become really popular. Now there's terrarium and sip, or create a wooden placard and sip. So there are all these different events, and I think it would be so cool if we could have something like that in downtown Wilmington. But my concern, of course, is that the longevity, I think you would have like an initial phase where everybody does it and they're very popular, but then it sort of fades out. And that's something that the Kennett Square studio, uh, Kennett Design, they sort of had that problem. And I think they've actually shut down their Kennett Square studio location. And now they only do on-location events oh. at restaurants. Mm -hmm. Because I think they found that having them at different mm -hmm. with different partners worked better. And so that that's something that would be cool. Um, and that led us to thinking that there actually are a lot of DIY art type events in Wilmington. Mm -hmm. Well, one thing that I would like to do, I, like, I would like to take like a pottery class. Like, you know, show up 
on this night multiple weeks in a row, um, you know, everyone gets a piece of my art that year because that's the way things it. are going right. to um, But I haven't been able to find the right weeknight so far because um, my schedule has been busy. And also, there, I mean, there are a lot of places that already do it. Like the Delaware Art Museum offers classes. Um, like the Center for Creative Arts over in New York Lynn offers classes. And like I know about all these places, but it has been difficult for me to sort through them all and figure out which one I'm going to do, which one matches my schedule, like best price. Um, and so if anyone has any tips or if, like it would be so great if there was some sort of collective that could like, collect all of that information for me and point in the right, me in the right direction for what would be my best fit. Because I'm also worried like I am not a professional artist. And I, I think that this is something that, you know, like the imposter syndrome, like I'm getting over it where I'm saying like, okay, like I do have, like I could go into the studio, I could try this out, but I'm sure there are a lot of other people that like, this is something that might be cool, but they're, they're uncomfortable with the idea. So that goes in that, in, into just making things more accessible. Yeah, I, I agree. I know for me, like I probably don't want to take something that's a weekly class. Because honestly, it's just so hard for me to fit everything in. There's so much going on. It's such a struggle. So for me, I want more one-off things. Mm -hmm. But what I really could envision, because we've done some, like we've definitely done paint and sip. We're trying to schedule a terrarium and sip. We've gone up to the Brandywine River Museum and mm -hmm. done events there. And those have been awesome. But what I would love to see is some sort of like DIY art coalition where all of these different museums and organizations that are doing it, they get together and maybe they're putting out like an email newsletter that comes out once a month and sort of has organized, mm -hmm. here are the weekly classes you could be signing up for, here are the um, just sort of one-off classes you could sign up for, here are the exhibits that go with them, because the Brandywine River Museum, they, they actually talk you through and all of their classes are themed with the exhibit mm -hmm. that's currently going on. And so it would be really cool if all of those organizations could sort of band together and then they can reach a wider audience mm -hmm. because people who are subscribing to the Brandywine River Museum newsletter aren't necessarily subscribing to the Center for Creative Arts newsletter or the Contemporary, the Delaware Contemporary newsletter. And so it would be a really cool way to sort of reach more people and get everybody out of their comfort zone and knowing about those events. Mm -hmm. And also talking about art, um, another thing we were talking about was some sort of like writing outlet, um, bookstore, book club, um, and that gets into what's happening right now with um, the old Ninth Street Book Club or the old Ninth Street Bookshop turning into um, Market Street Books, um, which is like a now it's like a subscription. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, yeah, it's very similar to the book of the month club that mm -hmm. it's advertised on Instagram. And I think it's going to be awesome. I think, um, creating sort of like a social mm -hmm. literature group for Wilmington is going to be really awesome. And I'm excited to see where that goes. Um, that being said, we would love to see the library downtown getting maybe more involved with like those sort of paint and sip or literature and sip events. One of the things that the Newcastle Library in historic Newcastle does is they have BYOB nights once a month. And so it was really cool. They were able to get approved to do it, and they just have to have certified pourers. Um, and, and so it's cool. You go, and like we made gingerbread houses, or we carved pumpkins, and you bring your wine or beer, whatever, and you get to hang out with your friends. It's free to attend. They provided all of the pumpkin carving materials when I went, and I just had to bring my own pumpkin. 
So it was it was a really fun night, and to be honest, I didn't have to clean up all of the pumpkin gunk, and mm-hmm. I loved it. So it'd be really cool if either Woodlawn or the one the library in downtown Wilmington would adopt something like that because I think there's a really good market mm-hmm. in Wilmington for something like that. And I think whatever you're talking about, uh, like changing the, like changing a place either through adding the retail and services, like you have to talk about the community and like. There, there has to be some sort of conversation about like making this a cohesive place that like you're not just serving like one group of people, but you are serving many different places, many different people and segments of the city. And that's I mean that's one thing that libraries are really great at doing. It's offering so many services to so many different. It's true. I mean, libraries, to be honest, like they are, I mean, truly, they are community centers. They're bringing people together. They provide a lot of services. Um, I mean, obviously, you can borrow books. Now they have, you can you can check out audiobooks. You can check out Kindle books, all that kind of stuff. But they also host all kinds of events. Like they um, have really simple and basic tax preparation seminars um, and, and like home buying seminars, things like that. And I think a lot of people don't know that those exist and that they're out there to take advantage of. Mm-hmm. But it's a really great gathering place, meeting place for friends, that kind of thing. So I would just love to see uh, sort of like really good marketing for the library. Mm-hmm. So that would be really cool. I think if you can take away anything from this podcast episode, it's that we like food and that you should support your local library. Definitely. We are, we are Delaware food and library enthusiasts. So, um, but, but also I think that there, um, sometimes people don't think about all of the doing things that can be done in Mm -hmm. Wilmington. So some of the other stuff that was recommended was pedal boats, kayaks, etc. on the riverfront, a riverfront pool, downtown all ages club, or a night and or a nightclub, a true nightclub, a bowling a, alley. May I, what is a true nightclub? Well, that's that's what I struggle with, and you know it's hard for me because I don't think we're the target demographic. I get tired and want to go to bed. I I like to go to bed too. But I think I think with nightclub, I think what they're thinking is like a place that you you can go dancing and there's strobe lights and very very loud music um and and I'm sure that there is a demographic for that for people in this area but I also know that a lot of people like to go up to Philly and part of the reason they like going to Philly is that there are many clubs and so you can start at one and then progress to another one or two throughout the night and I just don't know that we have enough people who are interested to, to do more than one and so if it's just the same club over and over I don't know that that's that great when I was working in local news there was an incident one time where um, we had a police report and the um, restaurant was described as a nightclub because our there, like there was dance. It was late night. There it was, was late, dancing, and there was dancing. So it's a live music. There was you know specialty lighting, and um, the reporter had thought that he was doing the place a favor. Like he was elevating it. Like it wasn't. It was no mere restaurant. They didn't just serve food. It was entertainment. It was a nightclub. He thought this was like a fancy ritzy term, but it, it greatly offended the restaurant owner. I get that because I think if you've like worked to build a reputation based on your food making it sound like there are just flashing lights and loud music and that's that's really your brand. I, I totally understand it might have been like restaurant and nightclub. Yeah. Anyway, moving yeah. on. Fun little aside. <laughs> moving on. Um, 
And then one of the other things is they had originally wanted a production brewery, and we're getting that. Wilmington Brewworks is set to open soon. Stitch House is the brew pub that just opened on market, and those are exciting things. But I know for me, like, I like beer, but you don't drink beer. It's fun to go to brew pubs, but it tends to be um, beer, which you don't drink, sandwiches and burgers, which you don't really eat because of the buns, Mm -hmm. and fries and I love all of these things but it does get a little bit repetitive and I think it's super trendy right now and and I would love to see tasting rooms for other things like I would love if one of the wineries from downstate would open a tasting room on Market Street or in Newark or I mean even in Trolley or on Union would be a really great option you know Union is being revitalized and I just think there's an opportunity for Things other than beer. Mm-hmm. And I think I am I am not an expert on um, vegan and vegetarian eating, dining options, but I would, like, that sounds like there might also be, I, I love cheese, but perhaps in this mission to to expand restaurant options, there, there might Agreed. Also be. Agreed. Well, you know, well, Drop Squad Kitchen on the riverfront mm-hmm. is, is a vegan yeah. restaurant. Um, but yeah, one of the things they said was more inventive bars and restaurants. And I totally understand where people are coming from with that because there are so many great restaurants, but I feel like a lot of times it's very repetitive. It's very, it's American food with a very slight twist. Mm -hmm. So old banks is American food in an old bank. ENS is American food at a, at an old bank that you can walk into the vault and you can do all these other things. Chelsea Tavern American food, Lafia, gourmet American food. And so it just it just becomes a little bit repetitive. And I would love to see restaurants that go deeper into their theme or have more sort of like special event months. Something like they're doing a Game of Thrones themed menu where they're going to, you know, do six different dishes for the month that you read about in Game of Thrones or... Um, you know, at Christmas time, there are all these pop-up bars happening in D.C., New York, and all that. So wouldn't it be cool if for December, you know, Chelsea did something where it was like Christmas-themed dishes in some way? I, I mean, I don't know. I just think, like, there's something to be desired in the breadth of fare offered. Absolutely. We've talked a lot about what we did the last couple weeks and what else has been going on in Wilmington, but coming up, we have some really exciting things that I know I'm looking forward to. Oh, I'm looking forward to them too. Well, Dara, why don't you tell everybody what we're going to be up to tomorrow, Monday night, when you guys are listening to this. It'll be tomorrow. Um, Well, hopefully we'll be winning uh, the Bards Dispense for Fanny game night. which Delaware Shakespeare is hosting as um, sort of a fundraiser, get people excited event at Chelsea Tavern. And I'm not, I don't know if we need to prepare anything. Like if I need I'm to a little worried. worried. I'm a little worried. I'm hoping, you know, you have a better English background than I do, just because, of course, I have not taken an English class since high school. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm hoping we're going to be awesome. But you know what? I'm mostly just hoping we have fun. Yeah. And I think we will. I really do. I think it's a great way for us to help the Delaware Shakespeare Festival out and to have a fun night out with some girlfriends. And if it's not entirely apparent, it is going to be a combination of Cards Against Humanity 
and the wonderful, weird, wacky insults of the world of Shakespeare. And you know what's really cool about Shakespeare is he actually came up with a lot of phrases and words and a lot of words that didn't exist that we use all the time. Shakespeare originated. He sure did. And so that's really cool. In addition to that, we also have Cinco de Mayo coming up. And my brother's a Cinco de Mayo baby. So I usually have a hard time celebrating because we're always doing the family thing, which is really fun. This year, he's letting me um, throw him a Cinco de Mayo 30th birthday party. So I'm excited about that. But unfortunately, not everyone can come to that. So there are some Wilmington events. Downtown Cinco de Mayo Festival is happening on Friday night, May 4th. It's going to be awesome. As far as I know, there are going to be food trucks. I think some of the restaurants are going to be participating. I believe there's going to be live music. So it's just going to be a really fun night out downtown for anybody who wants to get some fresh air. Also on the 4th is the May the 4th Be With You food truck battle at the Delaware Contemporary. So for those of you who are Star Wars fans, it of course falls the day before Cinco de Mayo. And so... That's going to be a really awesome event. And if you're not into the, the whole Cinco de Mayo theme, maybe you'll be into the May the 4th Be With You Star Wars theme. So I definitely recommend that one. And then D, what are we doing on Sunday? You have roped me into doing a 5K this time. The Tacos and Rita's run 5K or 10K. We're doing 5K in Newark. Yes. I'm super excited. I believe you can still sign up. And it's going to be awesome. We're doing a 5K course in Newark. And then afterward, there is an after party that they're having at two different bars because so many people were excited and they sold out within, I believe, like a few hours of posting. And so after you're done, you get tacos and margaritas. And there's not a lot better than tacos and margaritas. So that's going to be great. Then the last event that I have coming up, and I am so looking forward to this, you guys, the Delaware Burger Battle is not happening until the end of summer, early fall, but they have organized a grilled cheese battle at Delaware Park. So I believe there are 10 or 11 different restaurants who are competing, and it's awesome. You buy your ticket, I believe they're around the $40 mark once you include the, the fees, but you get to taste grilled cheese from every single one of those participating restaurants and two drinks, two, two alcoholic beverages with your ticket. And so it's going to be awesome. You get to go, you can vote, and then there's going to be the grilled cheese champion of Delaware. And I don't know about you, Dara, but I love grilled cheese. It is one of my favorite comfort foods. I do love grilled cheese, but I unfortunately cannot make to this event, and that is also okay because I am. Yeah, I doubt I people gluten free. <laughs> I doubt they're gonna have um, allergen friendly sandwiches available, just because it complicates it. So I will be super excited to recap that for you um, next time we talk. Although I think we're gonna be putting out a podcast before I attend that event. But I want people to know that the tickets are available and you should definitely buy them and support the Delaware Burger Battle and Grilled Cheese Battle. So that being said, we're so glad we got to share this stuff with you and can't wait to talk next time. Mm -hmm.